Hello, hello, hello. Uh, it was, it's actually sunny today. I feel like we've had rain nonstop yeah, it's funny. for Everybody's days. <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry, I, w- I went to Target this morning and oh my God, I was like, y'all, I've never seen that many children out. Everybody was out. <laughs> They're running everywhere. People, I'm like, aren't they, I, in my head, I was like, aren't they supposed to be in school? And I was like, oh, it's Saturday. Right. <laughs> a little also we're still in the middle of a panera bread so yeah. i'm gonna need y'all to chill <laughs> right people have just forgotten that we're in a pandemic but yeah they're like 2021 corona who is she and i'm just like she's still here so <laughs> she's very like, much still here <laughs> she's very much still here the amount of people i just see with that who just don't have a mask on and i'm like it's been a year it's been a whole year <laughs> i right? need you to get with the gigiana without a mask i don't know yeah there aren't many places that you can go these days without wearing a mask unless you're just out in like a parking lot somewhere oh, yeah. or walking down the street well family dollar wasn't telling nobody i went to sign on their door i went to Kroger the other day and somebody wasn't wearing a mask and they kicked them out like with the quickness oh They're, wow like, they kicked them out yeah they take they'll like escort you out of the store wow see when i went to dollar tree people just stay because i go to dollar tree all the time like mm-hmm. then people like people just they'll be like 95 percent of people have masks on but then they don't say a word to the people who have no masks on they just be right. like well i guess yeah, you're just like gonna it's a dollar this. tree i guess yeah like and it, most of the time it's like families with kids who don't have a mask on and i'm like yeah i will see like the adults wearing masks but they won't put any on their kid and i'm just like um do you think they don't need protection either (laughs) like please explain yeah (laughs) it's it's been i don't know this year is going to be interesting because you know we're getting more vaccines they're trying to put them in more walmarts and more grocery stores people can get access to them yeah like there are definitely people who do not believe in the u.s medical system and a lot of those people happen to be people of color um because who's gonna trust who gonna trust any medical system after they've done so much shit to black people after everything they've um, done after yeah, everything they've done talking to my co-worker and he was like saying how like they're trying to push the vaccine so hard now but they should have been doing that like a year ago and like right. talking to black advocates and like you know giving them information about what the, exactly the vaccine is going to be and stuff like that so that message could get spread to the community by trusted like leaders instead of you seeing like government agents be like take this vaccine like of course right. you're not going to be trusted. especially when y'all started making the vaccine like we're not going to do it unless black people are part of the testing pool and we were like uh no <laughs> Yo, like people like right. i completely forgot about that they were like um we're not um, we're gonna release the vaccine until we test it on black people or some other bullshit out of yeah the way they worded it they were like, oh yeah they were worded worded thinking it like poorly. why what are you t- what are you trying to say here <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're just like the lack of communication to um black people and um heavily people of color populated areas when it comes to the vaccine has been little to none so it's yeah. even like my mom my aunt don't want to take it because they've always had bad medical experiences yeah and they're just like they're like we're just gonna wait and see because like even my aunt when she went to try to like if she does try to get her kids vaccine she's like can i get the vaccine that they 
that they use in a, they use in Canada because I don't want the ones they use in, in the U.S. And doctors would be like, "How do you know about that? You're not supposed to know about that." It's like when I listen to my family. Sometimes I uh, because. I felt like part of it is religious and part of it is just because they're black women who's been in an oppressed system. And so the way that they deal with medical advocacy is different from most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, cause my aunt, like she raises her kids very holistically. She, um, a lot of the reason they didn't get a vaccine when I was younger is because they said, well, it gives them autism. Because now I'm much older, I know that's not true. And they are anti-vaxxers, but they also live very health-conscious lives. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's like, listening to them, they sound like conspiracy theories, but at the same time, I feel like it's them trying to find answers in a system that didn't listen to them. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Right? They Like, they would go to doc. My aunt would go to doctors, and she would, she would, she was pregnant with my, her, my youngest cousin, they her blood pressure would spike so high because the doctors were just trying to force her to do shit like they would she's like i don't want to do this because it's my child and i don't want to you know i don't want to have y'all put suction cups on his head to pull him out of me she doesn't that could damage him and they're just like they would like just treat her like she was the goddamn devil and she would ask questions and they didn't like being questioned and so when i listened to them i at first, I went through this phase where I was like, okay, yeah, we're not going to get vaccinated because I'm raised in a Muslim household and they don't want to do that. And then I got older and I'm like, well, vaccines are good because they make sure that we don't get, you know, the black plague again. And now I'm at this point in my stage in my life where I don't even know if I'm going to get my kids vaccine because, like, what what are going to be my experiences with the medical field? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. that's one thing they need to work on as far as education for health professionals because, like, a lot of them don't have they don't know how to communicate with people like they yeah. taught all these <laughs> medical things and they think that because they're a figure of authority in society that we're you have to listen to them and mm-hmm. so they just don't know how to interact with people like on a human level yeah. and that's why like when i think i can't remember it was my sophomore year i had mm-hmm. to take this um health disparities and how to communicate class and that was like the best class that i could have ever taken they need to give that to any kind of medical health related student like they literally sat there and like taught you all of like the controversies as far as health in different communities not even just the black community like latin american the latin american community have issues with the health system because they don't properly explain things to them either and so yeah i just feel like they need to learn more about that stuff like they just like i said earlier they feel like people have to listen to them but nobody wants to listen to you when you're demanding to do stuff they don't understand so right it's like oh go ahead go ahead ahead. i I wasn't gonna say nothing go ahead oh okay well um also just i also think it's important for people have doctors who look like them yeah Mm -hmm. code switch because i think a lot of people forget that like AVE and people's dialects and accents are important and mm-hmm. all the time if you just talk to them like you're talking like you're reading off a WebMD page it's right. not gonna always register like I feel like people yep. need doctors who can actually relate to them and also not talk down to them yeah. like they're just exactly. like five-year-olds who don't understand it's like no people will understand if you talk to them and actually try to get to know them exactly. and not treat them like you know infantilize them that makes sense sir or ma'am you went to years of school i to get this degree i didn't so why are you talking to me and you giving me technical (laughs) terms 
I'm not dumb just because you're using words I've never you heard before. Exactly. Like I this is such a good conversation already because I had to study this for like four years. And literally <laughs> Like medical profession professionals, not all of them, but a lot of them do not understand that everyone's health literacy literacy is not to the same level as theirs. Yeah. So you right. can't go up to an average person and be like, "Oh, you had a uh, cardiac whatever," and they're gonna be like, "What is that?" Like they don't know the term. Right. You need to explain exactly. it in like and then common. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of attitude that doctors have when they have to repeat themselves. It's like, well, if you had started the conversation <laughs> off, like I didn't go to medical school, we wouldn't have to be going around in circles like this. <laughs> I feel like a lot of medical professionals, at least the ones that, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. A lot of them, uh, when you look at like social media, you see black women talking about how, um, how medical professionals just don't listen or they yeah. don't like to be questioned. Yeah. It's like, it's there. It's like, I get it. You definitely have more medical knowledge, but it's also my body. So can we like, can we right. meet in the middle ground? Like, I don't know. I, I really do wish they, I don't, what, like, what is missing in medical education that all of these asshats get to become doctors? Like, do y'all really not vet your programs? Is it just because well, they're rich and white? Not. They, it's not even just being them being rich and white. If you can pass the classes and pass the test, anybody could be a doctor. It doesn't matter if you have a shit personality. Like anybody yeah. can be a doctor, and that's why I was saying they need to teach them how to be humans and how to talk to people. Yeah, and also I do wish that they would stop putting like ten patients in one day because I've noticed this even with me, with a black OB. Like she's nice, but she rushes so much and so whenever mm. I'm with her I feel like she's just trying to get me in and out and yeah. it's like I, I'm trying to talk to you about my health do we do you just have to prescribe me something after talking to me for five minutes like can we just talk yeah. and you yeah, ask me more questions one, another like, issue I have they're like people are so quick to prescribe things and it's really unnecessary this is exactly why we have the opioid crisis because of over prescribing things like that like the, yeah there's just so many issues things that can't really be fixed because our medical system our medical system is run like yeah. a business so and right then, also i right. wonder if because black professionals because they're the only black professional in the area if they have too many patients that too, that could be it too yeah. especially with therapists oh yeah yeah but, like if like the overcrowding thing yeah. what about um on top of the health issues like um racially or in like the way they talk to their patients on top of it being so goddamn expensive like i don't i don't want to waste my time because not only am, is nothing going to be helped then i have to pay for all of this yeah as right. well. yeah the fact that right. all of us joke about how oh if i'm sick i don't want to be in an ambulance it's not a joke i it's do not ever right it's not this for me like i would be so i understand you're trying to save my life but unless it is dire do not call do not you better give me a uber a lift yeah. before you call <laughs> it right. exactly you're blurring out in the backseat of an uber <laughs> yeah i don't care <laughs> i'm not doing that it's so expensive right and i think it's crazy how people will argue against universal health care or at least free health care and yeah. to some extent mm -hmm. but then there are the people a lot of the time who need it like the it's most, like the people yeah. who are like you, if you're going to go in the ambulance and you're going to pay five thousand dollars just to ride to the hospital oh and then have them charge you for a procedure then it's like you're gonna be trying to pay those medical bills off for the rest exactly. of your life like it's not like it's not 
like a bad thing to have everyone have access to free healthcare and not make the healthcare industry a business. What really bothers me is like when I say expensive, I'm not talking about like for me, like expensive is like having to drop $500 at one point, $5,000. That's astronomical or whatever that word is. Astronomical. Astronomical for me, like $5,000 for me, not even to be checked yet. What exactly? Oh my God. Exactly. That's crazy. Not one of my fears is being actually sick and having to go to a hospital. That's a problem right there. Right, that's like the core of like the American healthcare system. <laughs> like, and even to talk about people with lifelong illnesses, my brother has diabetes, and his yeah. insulin is so much fucking money. Like, I'm so glad my mother works her job, but also has a side job, and we don't have to ever worry about paying for it. But even then, she's like, "Why do I have to pay?" My brother literally has to take insulin to eat to survive. Yeah, and right, it costs a thousand dollars for insulin that's crazy like it's yeah. ridiculous in other and you know what's crazy in other countries insulin's like 12 dollars yeah, literally <laughs> like when i went to china to study abroad the lady on the trip didn't have her diabetes medication and she literally just went down the street to a local doctor and he prescribed it to her he didn't even have to prescribe it to her she bought it over the counter for literally that's like 15 dollars. i don't the fact what? that you can even buy birth control over the counter in some countries but we got to go to an OBGYN. we got to like it's like right. so much it it's depressing but it needs yeah, to be talked about yeah oh my god the only yeah. thing about birth control i can understand why they want you to go to the doctor though because some of them like the different types of hormones that are in the different birth controls can really mess you up depending yeah, right. on like what kind right. you're taking because i like the birth control i take I've been taking since I was like 18 and I've never had like any side effects from it. But when I was looking to the other forms, who will be bleeding for like a year and like they'll wow. get blood clots and stuff like that. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Bleeding for a year? Oh, yeah. No. I would literally wow. be a mess like mentally if I had to deal with that for right. a year. That's awful. But like, it's just, it's just one of the many things that show you that America really truly is the superpower she thinks she is. Y'all just have a like, huge military. That's it. And that's only because you keep Wait, giving all- money to the military. <laughs> On top like, of all um, the money that goes to the military, it's like this could be going to people's schools. This yeah, could be exactly. like it's not making it's not adding up. It's not. Did y'all um see that thing where people are like things in the US that are not like in other worlds? When I learned that credit is a u.s thing yes my oh mind. my god what you're telling it's me like, what only oh. only the u.s and canada right have I, credit yeah i think so could you imagine the like the way my stress would be relieved if i didn't have to deal with the fact that what my credit score was wait are y'all serious I'm, yeah other countries is- i mean there is some forms of credit yeah. in other countries sometimes but they don't have the credit system that we have like they don't worry about like wow. fico score and stuff like that like that wow that's that's crazy i think it's also because a lot of people in america have never left america like people who just like they are literally never left their state and so they all they can think about is like comparing 
nothing to America. Like they think, oh, it's this is how everywhere is. It's like, no, actually, it's not. <laughs> right. This is why I'm an advocate for global citizenship. Like one of the reasons I truly wanted to become a Korean teacher was to show black kids that you don't have to stay in America. Like you don't have to yeah. stay within the confines of these 50 states and this racist system. There, I mean, of course, you're going to experience other forms of um, prejudice in different countries. But I promise you nothing will be as bad as living where the KKK was founded. I promise you nothing as bad as living in a sundown town. (laughs) Like, I promise you there's so much world and so much culture and so many opportunities out there that just aren't um, given to Black kids because of the stupid educational system where they're like, we have to make all the children the same. Like, that's literally the educational system at this point. It's like, how do we make all these kids on paper be the same? That's not how right. that's not how equity works. That's not how, because some kids need more help than others. Some kids need less help than others. That's you're, you there's it's fake equity. The no child left behind really did ruin us. It set us back another like 15 years. And I'm hoping to God during Biden's term we start to do something different. Like I just need the gates to stop putting their hands in education cuz they ruin shit. Like when I learned when I took that business of education class, when I tell you I was fuming every week during the summer, <laughs> I was so upset. I was like are you telling me that there are rich white people that basically lobby to get shit passed just to, so they can make money? Like I already knew that, but to like see it with my own eyes and like Congress people who are part of like the Department of Education just taking reports from these huge groups with the logo on it and saying it on the stand to get it made into a law. I was like, you know what? You know what? Lobbying is <laughs> corruption else. runs deep. Yeah, like especially like not even just education. You know, <laughs> like big milk, the milk industry lobbying <laughs> on the food. Big milk? Yeah. <laughs> like, have you ever thought about this right did you have you ever noticed those freaking posters and commercials everywhere talking about drink milk yes right. in high school Do you yes think about yeah. how there's no other food that has that much promotion like oh you need to eat broccoli <laughs> oh eat an apple no every everywhere is drink milk drink milk drink milk why is that it's because milk companies want you to drink milk we're not supposed to be drinking milk <laughs> right i wow. cut up a dairy baby my skin has never been better all i drink is almond milk right same like and I, I know that the dairy companies hate it that now that everyone's on like almond yeah, on like milk alternative soy milk rice milk there are so many alternatives you do not have to and they taste better they taste better better and also <laughs> the freaking food chart that we learned as kids are is completely oh my false. god it's a scam it's That's a scam crazy. it's a whole scam <laughs> the food pyramid is a scam wow that's literally for, a scam yeah for so long when i when people talk about weight and health they're like oh you can't eat carbs oh you shouldn't eat carbs and now every millennial dietitian i've seen is like you supposed to have carbs carbs is a part of it it's it's a good carbs are good carbs like people would right. like cut out bread pasta anything like those things are part of your nutritional value and it's because we learn about the stupid fucking food pyramid <laughs> it's like yeah will you just start breaking down the layers of like media and advertisements and just every little part it's just all tied to money it's just all tied to money it's like yes. Oh, and also, this is random, but it's also related. Have y'all seen those YouTube videos, I think Business Insider does, called Food Wars, where they compare the portion sizes of American fast food places with, like, European fast food places? No, I didn't, yeah. Um, Like, 
like I'm gonna post the link y'all like it's literally like they'll be like oh here's the UK McDonald's large drink and it's the smallest it's the US small like the large drink in America is like three times the size of their of their large drink and I'm like this is all big corporations McDonald's used to do this thing where I don't know one time I went there and I ordered something and they gave me I paid one dollar for a Sprite and they gave me a large Sprite and I sat there like Wow. Why would I ever want this much Sprite? Why? First of all, your Sprite, <laughs> McDonald's Sprite is spicy. That shit burns. I don't know what they do with it. Spice? It, yeah, it's that shit whole, is spicy. Y'all, it's a whole thing. I don't know what they do with that thing, but that carbonation hits different. So I like it. But <laughs> do I need a large? It's so big. But yeah, I saw that thing. It was like even the burgers, the fries. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. It's yeah. just like when you learn about things like food deserts, like nobody teaches kids about the fact oh, yeah. that there's y'all know where I live. Is there a grocery store near me? Nope. <laughs> no. No. Nope. Is there five? <laughs> is there eight fast food joints? Yes. 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 There is not one. And that's by design. Store. It's by design. I have to drive. Yeah, I have to hop on the highway or drive on the back roads 15 minutes to get to a grocery store. But if you go to an affluent area, there's a grocery store every block. It's a grocery store every block. Oh, of course. And they're all like Whole Foods. They're all like Sprouts, yeah. like very much like get like when I walk into Sprouts, I'm like, I've never seen any of these yeah. brands. Right. Like, also, none. like people, people, a lot of people don't know that Whole Foods and Aldi's are owned by the same people. So a lot of by no, Amazon no, now. No, it's Aldi's and Trader Joe's are owned by the same German company. So actually a lot of the food at Aldi's uh, doesn't yeah, even Aldi. have a lot of the have a lot of the processed stuff that we have in America. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know this. Oh, I was wow. talking to my German friend on the internet, but little like L I D L, they started putting those in my area, and Aldi, they're both German. And I was like, it makes sense oh, wow. how much they pay their workers. It makes sense that it's a European company and it's not American. Yeah. First of all, all these I understand that all these used to have a different reputation um, a couple of years ago, but all these hits. When yeah, I, it truly does. It does. They truly do. When I need to make a meal for three different meals for a week and I only have $30, I'm going to Aldi to buy my ingredients. Why? Exactly. Why would I go to Walmart or Kroger, which, first of all, aren't necessarily expensive, but I know I can get it cheaper at Aldi's. Walmart, I feel like when you go to Walmart, you got to put yourself in that mind frame. Like, you're going to go into Walmart. <laughs> like, like you're going to either see people yelling or the stuff is... I feel like Walmart gives Dollar Tree energy. Just everything's a mess. Like, people come in and then don't say excuse me. Right. Like, like it's I didn't just a realize different... the classist notions behind Walmart and Target until I really, like, went into a Target that was... Oh, like, yeah. Two different yeah. worlds. Two different I was worlds. like, everything Two is stocked? Worlds. Everything is stocked. There are like no empty <laughs> shelves. What do you Tar- mean? Target, like Target has everything. <laughs> Whenever Always clean, brightly lit, they have clothes, nice quality exactly. clothes in there. They have good food. When music, I go to um, good music, like what? <laughs> when I go to Walmart, I walk out of the house. When I go to Target, I look at myself in the mirror one second. I'm like, <laughs> do I want to change something? Sometimes I don't care. If I go to if I go to Target before twelve o'clock on the weekdays, I don't care. No, on the weekends, I don't that's care. A, that's another thing. I, I promise you, before like nine p.m., you will never see anybody in Target in pajamas. No. You'll never see that. Never. After 9 p.m., you might see like one person who was running to get something last minute. Yeah. Before 9 p.m., people are all fully dressed. That's what I, I went to uh, oh, Target yeah. today because I had to return some pants. And 
oh god there were so many people and this line was so long to i was like why why are there so many people here people are dressed i woke up this morning and i just needed to change this and i didn't want to change my clothes but i was like i gotta make it seem like I can't walk out of my slides. I would, go, I would go to Walmart in my slides. So I put on my hoodie, I put my little head wrap, and I put my Converse on. And I was like, that's that's good enough. That's good oh enough. And, Lord I went Jesus. And, I felt, and then I felt undre- uh, underdressed when I walked in there. I was like, I should, I should have changed. Go to Target. That's a problem. That is a problem. But it's crazy because like it shows you like how you grew up and where you grew up. Because Target was expensive. Like yeah. to me, Target was expensive. It was. It's like we're going Target's to Target. Double the price of Walmart. Right. Mm-hmm. But like you're going to Target, you're going to spend some money. You going- Target is one of those stores when I was younger is that we went in to get what we got and we left. Walmart was one of those stores where I could just pick up a couple things that I really wasn't trying to get. And you kind of walk out with a full budget. Yeah. But like seeing like whole influencers just go to Target and just come out with bucket loads of things, I was like, I don't want to have that kind of money. Well, now. Oh, y'all. Also, this is a racism i don't mean to cut you off tori but this is like a racism tea i want to say i don't know if if y'all go to a walmart in a black community Mm -hmm. they have people the greeters will check your receipt before you leave they highlight what you've bought if you don't if you have like a bunch of like big toilet paper or whatever and it can't fit in a bag they double check what you've bought but guess what i went to a walmart in a what you call a white area and they didn't, I was like giving, I handed them my receipt because I, because I only had been to like the Kroger, the Walmarts on my side mm-hmm. of town. I live in a black area. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, here's my receipt. I bought a big thing of paper towels. They're like, oh no, you're good, ma'am. And I'm like, oh, what? so y'all are just not going <laughs> to check. Like, and I said, and I was almost mad. I was like, so you're, but in my area, you stop me and say, ma'am, we need to see your receipt. It's huh? literally so true. Racism. Like literally. I like Walmart or MLK Drive, for example. You go in there, they're gonna check your receipt when you walk out. If you go to Walmart over here where I live in Cobb County, like they're not gonna care. You can just walk right out. Same yeah. thing with like exactly stores now have this thing, especially Sam's Club, where you can like scan the item on your phone and pay mm-hmm. for it on your phone and walk out. They would never do that in their stores in black areas because they no. think that oh, never. Like, you might take something. But over here where I live, like you can go ahead and scan the item on your phone and pay for it and walk right out and nobody's gonna look twice at you and nobody's gonna assume that you're just that's crazy out without paying. oh yeah i didn't know that was and i pe- assume they did the check your thing if you bought any big items everywhere i didn't know it was um only in certain places mm-hmm. that's yeah like, ridiculous it's it's crazy and then like what makes me mad about it is like in the areas where they don't check, that's where all the middle-aged white women will steal the stuff. <laughs> that's where they do the stealing. Like, you know how hard it is to really steal stuff in black oh, communities yeah. because we're so over-policed. It's hard. They're security guards. Like, it's it's hard to actually steal stuff. Like, I'm not saying people don't yeah. do it. I'm just saying, like, with cops that are standing outside of a Walgreens, you know how hard it is to actually get out with a baby formula oh, yeah. and unnoticed? Like... But if you also, go to like one of the oh go ahead Nia I just had a thought no no go ahead go ahead but like also there's like sometimes I realize that my moots don't live the same life that I do a lot of like I have one moot and whenever there's like tweets of people be like if you see somebody stealing tampons in the store don't say nothing because that's the rule they you just don't say nothing and she she always quote she, they always quote tweeted as like 
or you could just pay for it. I was like, well, what if I don't have the money to pay for that? Exactly. It's like, I can tell right. she's from a rich family. Like, they talk about their maids and all this other stuff all the time. And I'm like, it's, oh, wow. It's nothing. It's not like an obnoxious thing, but it just makes me realize that, oh, y'all have like help. <laughs> like, yeah. y'all My have. Thing is, right. though, if you see somebody stealing something, why are you not minding your business? It has nothing to exactly. do with you. Like, don't in exactly. the situation. Y'all, like I'm not, I oh would my never feel is... anything. But if I saw somebody selling something, I'm just gonna continue about my day. Like that's not my problem. Right. Exactly. And she, she's always saying, like, "Why don't you pay for it for them?" And I'm like, "What if Mind I don't have business. that?" <laughs> <laughs> y'all, oh my god, there was this. I don't remember. I don't know if y'all saw this. I, it could have been 2019. It's been a while, like December near Christmas. Mm-hmm. And there was a video that went viral of folks stealing from Sears, like stealing oh, jeans Sears. and shirts and stuff. <laughs> and like, yeah, Sears. <laughs> like and then like this one white man he's a random white man he wasn't even security he was like trying to tackle them i'm like sir you're you're not even getting paid why are you trying to- <laughs> and you know what sense of so like funny and if you ever worked in retail the first thing they tell you on your interview is that if you ever see someone stealing just continue working because the shirt ha- the store has insurance on items like it's right. Your life is more important than whatever is being taken. So mind your business once again. <laughs> and <laughs> right? also, like, um, I it just we, it's sometimes you just encounter people and realize y'all live two different lives, right? So when I was studying abroad, there was yeah. this Korean American girl. Her dad went to her dad worked at Howard, not Howard. What is it's one of the New England colleges or whatever? Shoot. Oh, I was about to say, I was like, Howard, <laughs> Harvard, I was like, not Howard. No, no, it's not Harvard, it's some other New England college that's close to the Ivy, Ivy League circuit, but it's not Ivy League. Um, but uh, but we were talking about we were like comparing our lives in America to like friends from like Taiwan and Hong Kong and stuff like that. And so she was like, Well, yeah, we recycle too. And I was like, I looked at her and said, no we don't she's like yeah we do there's recycling bins all over my neighborhood and i said because y'all can afford that <laughs> like right i was like because you can afford that i looked at her because she was like no there's we recycle and i was like because you can afford that like i looked at her and yeah, I was like it depends on the neighborhood right. and like right. what state you live in. Yeah. not every state has recycling requirements and then like my neighborhood some people recycle some people don't i think you have to pay like a whole separate trash company for that and like if you drive down battle road in decatur or wherever whatever city it's in you'll see a whole bunch of recycling bins out there but that's like tori said they can afford that kind of stuff yeah right like if you want to get recycled the fact that you have to pay yeah like if you want to get recycling out here it's a whole nother bill from the yeah you have to pay a whole nother garbage company for that to come pick that up that's crazy. So she was just like, oh, no, we recycle. I was like, because you have to recycle in Korea or you can get fined. And so I was sitting here like, no, we don't. And she was talking about how, like, oh, my God, you should, when we get back to the States, I'll definitely have to invite you to come, like, ride horses and stuff. Now that we have a farm with horses, that doesn't sound <laughs> insane to me. But she was, like, talking about Esquire, <laughs> like, you know, like, true horses and shit. Our horses are just out here in the fields, you know, have their little huts when it rains and it's like these are horses, these are work horses too. And she's just like, oh, you know, an archery. I have archery class. I was like, see her like, oh, we do archery class. Different people, oh, <laughs> right? That is, that's a yeah. different world. She's a whole different world. She's very rare. her. Her aunt was a doctor in Seoul too, so like, you could tell what kind of family they were. Yeah, but yeah, it's just like, and that's oh, go ahead, Nia. Oh no, no, you finished oh, your point. No, I was Sorry. just gonna say that's just like you you just meet people and be like, Oh, we are not the same person. We 
exactly and then people and what's crazy about it is like when you when you're not when you don't grow up with a lot you honest like I feel like we grow up with like expectations that not everyone lives the same life but I feel like it's the it's the gall a lot of rich people have where they'd be like oh yes don't you have three maids and a chef it's like (laughs) um no like like I would never like I think it's also because like like I guess they believe that that's normal but like even when it's your normal like where's the like what what do you want to call it empathy like thinking that people don't all live like you like is it just because they've been so validated in their life that I don't know I just don't get that thought process like I would never walk up to somebody and be like oh yes don't you have like a private tutor as well like what I would never say that (laughs) no I think it's also because they're just they it's so normalized they just don't realize that they are living a different life than other people and their parents don't make it yeah. a fact to tell them that they're living a life from different people. Like even that's true. Like too. even my mom wants a better life for us. We always talked about even if I make millions of hundreds of millions of dollars, I don't want to die with that much money in my bank account. Like I really don't want to die with a hundred million dollars in my bank account. Like we talk yeah. about that all the time. Just like okay, if we did, you know we keep working as hard as we're doing and we start getting into a different class or we start getting more money. We always talk about like, okay, yeah, I would like to have a cook come in like once, like every two weeks to help cook food, like better healthy food for my brother, especially since he has diabetes. Um, And like somebody to like help us clean and dust, but like clean with them. It was never like we were just going to sit at home and just have people clean up our mess. And I feel like right. once you, when you live in a situation where that's just your daily life, I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting help from people. That's one thing I also want people right. to realize: the superwoman complex that is definitely um, pressured on Black women to just be the doers of all. You know, get dragged through the mud by their baby daddies, and you know, clean and cook and work at you know for two to eight hour, you know, an eight hour job every day. No, if you could afford help, get help. But there's a difference between affording help and getting help and then, like, realizing, like, being so oblivious to how privileged you are. Yeah, that's what it is. The obliviousness to privilege. Because I agree. Like, I don't think it's bad to, like, have things. I don't think it's, I'm not going to be like, oh, rich people can choke. I mean, even though I do think sometimes rich people can (laughs) choke. (laughs) But, like, like, I'm not going to say, like, I think it's the obliviousness, like, that's what bothers yeah. me. Also, yeah. I don't know what happened to the Eat the Rich movement because if you go on TikTok, there are like middle class, maybe upper middle class people yeah, who like show their lives who show their lives and they're like, fuck you, how could you come over here and talk about how rich you are? It's like, no, that's not the rich we're talking about. I'm talking about the millions and billionaires. Oh, yeah. Not baby girl who can afford all her utilities yeah, and has the money not, to buy. Like, yeah. keep the, rich thing, the whole eat the rich thing was never about middle class people. Like, it was always about like the Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos exactly. of the world. But people have turned right. it into, let's attack anybody who can afford to get their nails done every two weeks. Like, exactly. no, that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking that's about not that's not who yeah. I'm going island. After. That's what I'm talking right. about. Then, like, if you live on a private island, of course we're talking about you. But if somebody who lives in an okay house in an okay area, leave them alone. Just because right. they can afford things, I mean, you gotta like roast them. Right. We're not talking yeah. about you know like people who just who who are making what we, everybody is supposed to be making. They're making a living wage. <laughs> they have enough money to right. have luxuries without sacrificing stuff. They're doing, they're living the life that everybody else should be living. That's like the minimum. I'm talking about the motherfuckers who come from wealth, people who <laughs> did hoarded wealth for generations and 
are just ruining the country in the process what's crazy about that too the people who are saying those kind of eat the rich comments to middle class people are also middle class people themselves so who are like, which is crazy are you going to cannibalize your family too like what <laughs> like i don't think like, a lot of people realize what middle class is they just yeah. like oh you have something i don't so i must be poor exactly exactly that is exactly it and that's not it babe yeah. you don't know what poor looks like if you're on tiktok all the time you don't you don't know what poor is <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. It's, I agree. Talking about um, rich people, did y'all see how Jeff Bezos is going to step down from his um, his as the Amazon CEO? I think. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, and um, he says he will now be focusing more time on his Bezos Earth Fund, his Blue Origin spaceship company. What? <laughs> wow. Just tear. See, that's what that's what the kind of stuff you need to say eat the rich for. Like the people who are in the top, all the people on the Forbes billionaire list. That's the people you need to not like. Not the people who can just like who are financially stable. You know, like like you. And also, like the problem is, is like the people who get to that billionaire status, they're not normal people. Like to me, I don't think you can be a billionaire and still. You be a can. nice person. I mean, I'm not trying to say. I see like, what you're saying. Like when you get to the bill, a millions. I think some people will still be able to donate and be good people. But when you get when you're like the richest man in the world and you're not trying to cure something or fix a pro- fundamental problem in the world, something's wrong. And I know he's trying to do the space thing now, but I think that's person like his vendetta because a lot of the rich people, I think they think Earth is gonna collapse right. in time so they're like we got to get out of here so instead of trying, right, to, help, instead of trying to help they're, they're like, doing... we're gonna go colonize mars therefore we can be on a whole different planet than y'all peasants but yeah so i understand why, what you were that's saying why I'm like they're not because saying. like it's not necessarily like they can't be nice people it's just that when you have that amount of wealth you cannot get there without stepping on somebody else so like right. your wealth exactly. is accumulated because somebody else got shorted of something Right. You're Amazon. not paying your workers. Right. You're not giving yeah, them health care. Exactly. You're not treating them like human beings. So you have all the money and they have nothing. It's like, exactly. like I said, I don't want to die with millions of dollars in my bank account. I want enough money for my kids to be able to, you know, maintain what I have created. And then the rest can be given to people who need it. Like, yeah. It's- Honestly, for me, like, I, I agree. I think for my kids, I was more so thinking about having your kids be born into wealth is a weird yes. thing. Like, I don't want, I don't want my future generations to not be able to relate to right. people. Like I, cause I know some people like Jay-Z always raps about how he wants generational yeah, wealth he buys his and he buys all these art pieces. And yeah. And I'm just like, but also you're disconnecting, like allow your kid, if your kid wants to be a normal person, you're kind of robbing them of yes. that yes. in a way. Like if your kid just wants to kind of do stuff, people they won't have that chance yeah i I don't have a problem yeah i I get what you're saying and i don't really have an issue with them like giving their kid the best but also to like if they could just like like you said let them be normal people like semi-normal because they'll never be normal without amount of wealth right right some normalcy in their life yeah that's why when i left i see a lot of like i listen to a lot of podcasts of people and they're just like i'm just gonna not tell my kids we're rich i'm just not, i'm not gonna tell my yeah. kids we're rich and they're just gonna live their lives like i said like even when even when i think about 
because I like manifesting. Like I'm going to be successful in the future. That's just period point blank. And I'm going to make as you know, enough money to keep me and my family, you know, financially stable. And I'm thinking about, well, when I have kids, am I going to deprive what what am I going to deprive them of? Is depriving them of something good or bad? My thing is that I would definitely make sure that they knew how to like cook and clean. Like that's another thing that we that goes into like generational like practices like my i love my family um but the fact that my brother doesn't know how to do dishes or doesn't know how to do dishes well Mm. like he can do laundry he can do dishes he can cook for himself to an extent but it's not the same extent that i can and so it's like wanting to raise my children with reality that you were privileged but also not wanting them to struggle. I feel like it's a very thin line and you have to be able to navigate that well. Yeah, I agree. I think that when, that's a good point because I think also because I've, do y'all watch those videos of rich people showing you their houses, like celebrities and like they'll do like the house tours. and celebrities, but I do watch, um, let's like YouTube videos. This is the most, this is this $3 million house in, um this whatever state kind of thing i see yeah those. i've seen those gotcha. videos and i also have seen the celebrity ones too yeah 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 like and in those i kind of get the vibe like of course you can't i don't think that struggle is what you need to do for your kids but also it's like you can choose to live in a 50 million dollar home and where you, like every single part of the home is kind of like something you shouldn't touch. Like it, cause all those big homes really don't feel livable to me. Like how can you live in a home that has 35 <laughs> bedrooms? Like how do you live in that? Like really honestly, like you're probably can live there for 50 years and still not know every piece of your home. Like that's not, you can, the, the normalcy thing is like moderation to me. Like you can have stability, but when you start doing things like, oh, and here's our, like fifteen thousand dollar room where we like have a bungee jump or whatever we have our own skydiving room it's like does your kid need that (laughs) like and i'm not trying to say people shouldn't spend all their money how they want because i know a lot of people be like well when i get money i'm doing whatever i want and i was like yeah i get it but it's like to not make sure your kids aren't spoiled it's like if you you can create that environment in my opinion i think you can still have a lot of money but create an environment where your kids don't feel isolated from just regular people cuz i feel like that that a lot of people just be like well we have a maid you don't have to do the dishes we have a maid you have a chef you don't have to learn how to cook so they end up not knowing mm-hmm. skills they at inabil- all they, does that make sense they um inhabilitate their children they make them children for the rest of their lives they don't yeah. ever get to grow up into adults because your money's going to become my money once you die. And that's how kids end up killing their parents. Because you... It's also, like... <laughs> it's, like... It's also, like, because they do that and then they realize, oh, I raised a monster. How do I undo this? I'm going to take everything that I've given to you. Yeah. And then that's how you end up a headline. Yeah. Because... I guess... I don't know. I think, like, when I become rich, if I ever have the displeasure of having children, I think that... <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Victoria. I feel like I would raise them in a way to where they understand that, like, they need to work to get certain things. I think that's the right. issue. Like a lot of wealthy people have, they don't teach their kids they need to work to get things. So, like, yeah, you them, can yeah. buy their, you can kind of semi spoil your kids, but make 
them learn that they need to uh, do something in order to get this. They don't just get handouts all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And I also think that we're going to yeah. be, we're also going to be a part of the generation who is not going to, who is going to, who's not going to look at our kids and go, well, you have to do this because you have to be doing your keep. It's like, no, you need to do this no, to, to survive. Right. Like exactly. you messed up the dishes, you clean them up. It's not so you contribute to the household. Exactly. It's just so that you know how to do this stuff if I die. Like, I feel like people, I feel like our generation, the generation before us was just like, oh, you owe me something because I gave birth to you. Yeah. So now you have to do this stuff. And that I is... That whole idea. We're going into really a conversation, you. y'all. The whole, like, I gave birth to you, yeah. I raised you, so you owe me. No, that was right. your choice. That, that like, wasn't my decision. Right. Like, as of late, I have been thinking of, like, if I... I, I want like three kids max or like that's my little I dream thing but then I'm like do I want to give birth three times so I was like okay I can give birth once <laughs> I can give birth once we can do that one time because birth, birth is, hard. is hard I can give birth once unless you're like see the thing is a lot of people like my hairdresser like I went to like I asked her like how was because she gave birth and so I asked her like how was your birth experience she's like I was good I had a natural birth but I was like you're the first person I've ever talked to who's not had a traumatic birth experience. Mm. Like every p- other person I've met has like literally almost lost their life. And people, I think downplay do. it. Oh, like immensely. Birth, they romanticize it. Like it's not traumatic yeah. <laughs> to have another human being come it out really of your is. body. The, the like do it they, again. They, like, right. And then they're just like, there's hormones that come through you that tell you and like, there is like studies that say that when you have a child your body does release hormones that just you kind of forget the pain but if my mother can recount to me how i she was in labor with me for 72 hours every day on my birthday that means something did not happen she my mom talked to she mom didn't have plan on having kids after me it's because i wanted a little sibling that i got my little brother but like she said, she's like, um, first trimester, all I was eating was melons, lemon limes, and drinking water and constantly throwing up. <laughs> and, then, and then she's Aww. like, third trimester, all I wanted was homemade tacos. And then your she, your long ass decided that you didn't want to be birthed on the twenty fifth. So after seventy two hours, I said, fuck this, and told the doctor, get her out of me. I can't do it no more. Like <laughs> my mother has never sugarcoated birth to me at all, and. As much as I do like the idea of being a parent, I'm also like, that's a lot of work. So, like, I've as of late, I've been thinking of just, like, having one child and then adopting. Because, like, if, like yeah. the idea of doing that shit again, like, it already sounds like being on my period is already bad. And that happens every month. You want me to go through nine months of carrying somebody in me, then spending God knows how many hours to get them out of me. And repeat? Oh no! <laughs> I feel oh no! Whenever that's oh, how no. I feel. Um, whenever I feel um, nausea, immediately my next thought is like, "Is this what morning sickness feels like?" But worse. <laughs> and then I'm like, "Oh, I can't do it. I can't. Oh, I hate that feeling of nausea. Is honestly like top five worst feelings for me. Oh my god! And the idea of being like that constantly. No, could not Absolutely be. Absolutely not absolutely not right it's just it's unfortunate how the people want um women to give birth but y'all aren't making men or societies where i want to give birth in like (laughs) do i want to contribute to the dying planet like Like, at this point right 
Like there's too many, like sometimes I just sit and be like, we have almost 9 billion people on this planet. There's too many people. <laughs> too many people. Like, like, and what's crazy is that like most of the people on the planet were born within the last 200 years. Like that's, that's, and I mean that in like numbers, like it used to be like 300 years ago, 200 years ago, there was like half the amount of people on the planet. So that means people are having double the children when there's less of the earth like and resources and it's it, just and you can and you can look, it's look to other countries and just see how even though their society continues to grow the birth the birth rate in south korea is at an oh, yeah. all-time low they said no more children Ooh. the women are like fuck that in this patriarchal society oh hell to the motherfucking like i can't even blame them when i see stuff like when i just see like the not only like the pay gap like the society in which korea places women as like at the bottom of the totem pole but y'all want to be born without a mother it make make it make sense make it make sense government websites and also releasing guides on how you should still have sex with your husband even though you're uncomfortable and you have a child and how you should how you should still prepare dinner for your husband and children before you give birth i was like if y'all bitches don't learn how to uber (laughs) eat uber drive the delivery service in korea is too immaculate for anybody to have to be cooking before they give birth (laughs) right and then speaking on that like when i like i like what's crazy is that most birth rates are declining in big like in countries like south korea japan even here but it's like do y'all not realize the world that you're bringing? Like, it's the world. Like, it's not like you can just be like, oh, go have kids. And then all of a sudden people are like, you know what? Now that the right. government wants us to have kids, we'll go have kids. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like, like that. Okay, we're going to give you $500 for every kid you have. Okay. That $500. $500? That's like two things of formula, some diapers. That's like two big things. Of- That's exactly. That's nothing. That ain't, ab- that is zilch, not a zip zero. And especially with how competitive a lot of um, a lot of developed societies are about children and college and how much money, like people prepare to, they find nannies from the moment they are born, from the moment they realize they're pregnant. People are already looking for nannies, already putting themselves on daycare lists. That's how long. That's how competitive that shit is. And it's like, if 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 it's like this, what's the point of having a child if any assistance that I need to get is like one to 20 chance right i feel like we just as human beings we've lost the sauce we need to go back off the grid and just work off the land so people have just we've overcomplicated this stuff and i think like like i like ancient history a lot so i'm just like life must be for them some for life must have been kind of trash but also it's like they could farm their own stuff like they could make their own clothes like we can't if if all the people were just like forced into like survival mode we, like no one would know what oh to do God. anything like we just be like well i guess right. i'll just die if you don't have a grandma in your family y'all dying period point blank there's like if nobody knows how to sew right do y'all really know how to start a fire do you know how to collect water without having a tap running nope. <laughs> Like it's crazy. It's just it's insane. But like, it is. Un- like I don't know. I've been in this like weird kind of like my future in five years. What will it look like? I've been also like saying mantras to myself, manifesting the future that I want before I go to sleep for the past few nights. And it's just like, cause I feel like 
especially for millennials being born at the time where the internet was really revving up and just watching the internet change every two years was very detrimental for us as a whole generation like gen z has it bad because they're just being pushed into like the perfection of everything but we got to see the imperfection and now we're at the now we're in the perfection stage and we're still like running to catch up with ourselves does that make sense it's like yeah it does people like we were talking about this earlier but like the goals that you set for yourself at like 25 and 26 and you should be at this point in your life and then you're not and so then you have an existential crisis every other week because you're not doing the things that you thought you were going to it's like (laughs) yeah and speaking on that like i feel like i feel bad for like the really young gen z and the generation after gen z because like at least for us, I feel like we had our awkward middle school years where we could just look like no one knew how to do makeup. No one was doing a perfect wing eyeliner. No one was giving you contour. Like people just, people were wearing like limited (laughs) two. (laughs) Like that was just like what we gap. Like that was what we did. Like we could still kind of just make mistakes. But I feel like once you, for kids now, once you hit sixth grade, if you're not expected to give a perfect full face every day, it's like, well, you must not want to be viral on TikTok. It's like, that's the right. kind of, I feel bad right. for those kids. Cause like they don't get to have an awkward stage. Cause there's too much information yeah, also, everywhere. Like, um, a lot you know of what my, I mean? Um, educators, when we talk about social media and the influence that media has on children, she asked, it's like, how do y'all gauge popularity amongst kids now? They say, the first thing they say is Instagram followers. And I'm like, that, wow wait yeah, are you for like, real that's how we gauge popularity who has the most instagram followers and i'm like that's true though. that's very true that hurts in a deep place because i know i didn't like taking pictures in high school that's crazy like imagine like going through all of the awkward shit that we went through in high school now it has and i'm glad millennials uh, uh, i feel like a good portion of millennials are also like at always yelling at gen z it's like please don't like, please don't fall into this shit. Like, we know y'all like to look perfect and that's cool or whatever. But, like, know that what you see on the internet most of the time is fake. And I feel like a lot of us give a good warning to right. them because we didn't have those warnings because our parents didn't know what the fuck the internet was. And so... <laughs> so yeah, that realization the that, like, most people... Because I had this whole thing of where I really don't like using filters, especially one that alter your face. I can't mm-hmm. stand those. So I don't like not looking like myself. But, like, having the realization that like everything you see on Instagram most of the time is heavily edited really changed my life and also yeah. to YouTube beauty girls like it's because they're lighting that's why their skin looks like that like that really mm-hmm. changed my life right. yeah it's just the realizing that the image that people put out to you is not it's of them it's of their best selves so you're not ever going to see them at their worst yeah like and what's wild is that like i feel like I always think about like, even if you were born in the eighties, you had a whole childhood where you, like, you had to go to a payphone, like you had Memorize to like, phone numbers. Like, you had an entire different, <laughs> right? Like what? And like, like that's such a different to actually have like, sort of, like your social media kind of has turned into people's lives now. Like it used to be about 15 years ago where it's like oh that's just online stuff it's not does it doesn't bleed into my real life but now it's like they're one in the same which is why I'm like so shocked Tori that you said that Instagram followers is how kids merit popularity so it's like if you so like it, it for the kids now it's like if you don't have Instagram or if you you're not 
trying to actively be viral or be somebody then it's like you're just nobody which that's yeah. crazy that's yeah. just like that's I mean, i'm glad that i'm at an age where i realized that i just don't really like instagram because it's it's like it's also that thing like we've reached the age like when we might want to date might want to start dating but then i'm like how do i do that because i don't have a rolodex of pictures of my life to just put on a profile and be like hey here i am being cute here it's like i stay at all i do is go home go to school and hang out with y'all that's it period point blank i don't like putting on makeup because i have sensitive skin and even if i do have makeup none of it matches my skin tone nor do i really know how to do my makeup and so it's like then you're like okay well there's there's competition is anybody ever gonna find me pretty it's like you have all these like self-inundated like thoughts because of the way people are like perceived like like if you're in your 20s you're supposed to have like 150 pictures of yourself and i maybe take pictures of myself twice to three times a year and (laughs) like that's it it's it's crazy it's just like how do i what do i even do to begin to date why can't, that's what i was yeah that's what i've been thinking about lately because like people there's this whole new movement of people wanting to meet people organically right and they don't want to mm-hmm. do dating apps but then i'm kind of thinking like well how do you meet somebody organically in person how does that right. work because it seems like like culture has shifted to start everything on dating apps i've never used a dating app and i don't like them from what i've heard from other people so I'm just kind of like thinking about like, well, how do you go about me? Are you supposed to just walk up to somebody in the grocery store? Because <laughs> right. if you do that, what if they don't want to speak to you? <laughs> like, I feel like if somebody walked up to me in the grocery store, I'd be kind of irritated. Like, what the hell do you want? <laughs> so Yeah. It's like, you right. know, I feel like that's why a lot of people end up meeting their significant others in college. Because that's the, that, that was supposed to be the time where you socialize and got to meet people. And I'm like, yeah. I like when I think about what I think about my last two years of undergrad and my first year of grad school, I just, I was getting on a bus before the crack of dawn to get to downtown to stay in the library until I had class in the middle of the day. And then I would eat lunch and then get on a bus to go to Emory to take Korean class, take that class and get on a bus to come back to the GSU to get on a bus to go home. Like that was my weekly basis. And I was like, where was I supposed to meet people? I mean, even in the library at GSU, like (laughs) even if you were supposed to meet people in college, you you know our options at GSU. (laughs) Like, also (laughs) the dudes at GSU wouldn't talk to girls unless they were made up. And I'm like, I don't have time to get made the fuck up to come down here to sit in the library. Like, (laughs) like I don't have time to do that. And I'm not a party person because I don't like when things are out of my control. Also who y'all i'm not gonna play music i wouldn't listen to at any party here and i went and i'm just like yeah so it's like where was I? that's why i that's why i joined kec to like have a, like a social life because i had none when i was on the dorm like my roommates and i were very much four different people who rarely stayed in the dorms and i was in the dorms 24 7 and so like meeting y'all was a fate because like <laughs> i was literally like i had I no f- i didn't talk to any of my friends from high school i came to the dorms um with no friends knowing nobody at our school and so then i got into korean so then that during korean english classes like you have your classmates but those weren't friends and then i went to kec and then i met y'all and then i went to study abroad i came back and i didn't stay on campus anymore so i was just running around all the time yeah i i don't (laughs) 
I don't know what you're saying just reminded me about um, freshman year. And because I went to school without any of my, none of my friends at the same school with me. And do y'all remember what y'all felt like freshman year when you went to that school? I don't know if y'all went to GSU with your friends. I didn't. And I know Tori didn't and Nia didn't. Did I didn't you, Yeah, I went, like my roommate was somebody I already knew and I kind of regret like doing that like room with somebody i'm not not because of anything she did i just like i feel like i would have met more people if i would have like put myself out of my comfort zone makes sense i just i don't know if i had like a positive outlook but i don't i don't know if i if i really thought about the idea that i was gonna have no friends going to college i think i just yeah i I graduated high school with the idea because everybody tells you that like you're not going to be friends. You will make more friends. Yeah. And that you're not going to be friends with the people you were in high school with that. I just went in with the idea that I don't even know that I would have no friends or I would make friends along the way. I just, I don't know why I cannot remember the feeling I had going to a dorm with three other girls. I didn't know. That's, that's what happened for me. Like the whole feeling I had was kind of like, I can always just make new friends. Yeah. So I remember my freshman year, it was a lot of me randomly hanging out in like the common area watching TV and then people would just come sitting there and we would end up talking mm-hmm. or just like going to somebody's dorm because they like video games and we're just sitting there playing games or like randomly going to Waffle House at three in the morning with random ass <laughs> kids in the hallway, like stuff like that. Yeah. I think it was different for me because mm-hmm. I took a gap year. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I felt really lost after high mm-hmm. school, especially with my friend group, where it was just, I already felt lost within that friend group because of my very low self-esteem and just the way we operated as people was very toxic. And so then being at home for a year, feeling like I'm amounting to nothing, like I was just like, oh, I, I don't know what to do. Like getting, like wanting to go, I wanted to go to Agnes Scott, but it was too expensive. And so then I didn't have a backup plan. And yeah. now I have to have a backup plan or I refuse to operate as a human being. But I didn't have a backup plan at 18. And my mom was a freelancer then before she, you know, got back into social work. So I was just at home just watching K-dramas. And that's probably why I have such a strong connection to Korean media and entertainment and the country career itself. Because I was lost. I was like, what do I do I was like, because I was always told that colleges, like, I didn't know that GSU, you could just apply to GSU whenever. Yeah. And just start oh, a yeah, rolling admission. They have rolling admission. I didn't know about that in high school. I was like, okay, there's a deadline and I have to do that. And like, there was barely any help or I didn't know who to ask to help or it was, it, and I just had to get stuff done. And I don't know if I ever had to get stuff done by myself like that before, like a bit part of my life. And so I was just at home for a year. My mom one day just finally came and yelled at me, just like, why haven't you done anything? Da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, so I'll try to. So I started looking at colleges, and that's when I found Perimeter. And then Perimeter got picked up by GSU, and so I just transferred. But it was just when I decided to get on campus, because I'm like, well, I don't want to be at home um, all the time. You know, my yeah. mom let me go to campus. Yeah. She literally acted like I moved out into a different Oh, my gosh. State. I was... <laughs> 30 i was downtown (laughs) i was downtown um but you know and then like being having you know being away from my high school friends and then going to campus like 
not like trying to be an adult i guess an adult for the first time it's like i have my own schedule i can't be late for class i have to do homework but i was still trying to watch k-dramas all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i still wasn't good at like managing my own time and all that good stuff but the year that i spent on campus was good enough because after i met y'all i was like okay that's it i'm fine now (laughs) because i like before i met Mm y'all i i was hanging out with my roommate and her friends and they were really close they were always up at night and they were like always going to study and I would go to study with them and one day I vividly remember this the KEC it was the second semester the KEC had started and they asked for the leaders to like come do this thing at that boba place that east fusion place that that was there before it closed down and I went there and nobody was talking so I just you know started a conversation because that's what I'm good at I hate awkward silence I did that my friends my roommate and her friends had something to do we parted ways. I walked back to the dorm, and the minute I got into the commons, um, I started crying. I was bawling. I was like, I have no friends. Like, I don't have any plans after this. I yeah. went there. I was basically everybody's entertainment, and now there's nothing. I bawled for, like, an hour straight because I was like, "This is this what college was supposed to be like? Like, I don't like to party. I don't want to go party. Like I joined KEC to meet people. And I don't know if we had already been, fr- I think we might've just started getting to know each other. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. At what. Yeah. I think we, for us, we were on the group chat first before yeah, we yeah. actually like met yeah. up. I think, I think this is, we don't, we'd only just yeah. started to getting to know each other. So I was like bawling, crying, all of that. And then we started having our like monthly, like bi-weekly movie meetups. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh wait, I have mm-hmm. other friends. <laughs> I have people that are interested in things. That I, then our meetup started being us just talking for hours yeah. and not actually watching anything. Yeah. And so, so that was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, is this how like a friendship goes? Like a natural friendship goes? Cause like, even like, I feel like, especially when you watch um, dramas, I guess from smaller, when you watch TV about college, they like, oh, yeah, you're going to have this really good type of friends, especially in your major and stuff like that. And I'm like, not at GH, not at our school. <laughs> our school is too big. There's no type of, like, communal camaraderie yeah, between no departments. Like, yeah. like, at all. And GSU is pretty much not a great school to meet people because it's very much yeah. a commuter school. Like, yeah. a lot of people that you meet at GSU don't even or live on even campus. Even in the area. And they're not, some, like, Right. Or even the same age range as you. Like I like the people I actually talked to in my classes in my major at GSU were all like moms. Yeah. Who like talked about their kids. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're nice. Wait, how old are you? Yeah. GSU is one of those schools. Like if you actively want to make friends, you're going to have to like join a club out of your way to join a club or like talk to people like you're going to have. It's not going to just be some random thing most of the time unless you live on campus. And it's like a lot easier that way. Just that's just because of like proximity, though. Also, like, it's not like a campus yeah. where you could know people. It's like, hey, do you know what's It's too many people, yeah. It's, it's too, too many people in the school. There's too many people in school, especially when you watch, like, Asian dramas, and they're like, well, people that you in a department with, you're friends with them for life. Like, you're, y'all do reunions every couple of years, and I'm just like, I'm not going to no reunion. <laughs> <laughs> like none whatsoever mm-hmm. i might do it for grad school now grad school is where i really got close to my classmates and this yeah. is also where i learned to love learning again undergrad is bs <laughs> so don't Especially stress the first two years yeah the first two years is, if you could take um ap classes or dual enrollment classes while you're in high school do that so you don't have to spend the first two years 
of college just taking general ed classes yeah you don't end up with a professor who comes in and lies about his life for an hour and 30 minutes and then gets <laughs> mad when you only show up for tests <laughs> but, <laughs> oh god but yeah no yeah but yeah like like i'm i was just since since tori like like when you were talking about your part i think we had a pretty similar experience because like I think not, like we all just said that no one knew anybody. Well, Decorey, you knew somebody, but you kind of, you yeah. didn't know a lot of people. You were mostly coming into college cold turkey. I didn't want to go at all. I was burnt out from high school. Like I went to a rough high school where like I had to do college level work for two years. And I was, and we kind of were given that freedom that you get in college. Like we could leave mm-hmm. campus during lunch and we'd have free breaks. Like our PE turned into a free break so whenever we would have had PE in like 10th grade or 9th grade that turned into now you have free time so the best time was when you'd have lunch then a free block and so you have a solid two and a half hours to just not be on campus and like it was a very different world um but like it's for me I was just like burnt out consistently so I was like I was trying to convince my parents like I don't want to go to college at all like I'm tired I busted my butt to get this IB diploma, I'm tired. Like, I felt like I was talking to everyone in my family, every one of my counselors, because they give you a counselor to, like, help you through the program so you can graduate. And I kept telling her, like, you're making me apply to these colleges I don't want to go to. And I told her flat out in, like, summer of 12th grade, I remember I sat with her and I was like, she's like, are you excited? I said, no. And she's like, why? And she said, I was, she's like, why? I was like, I don't want to go to college. She's like, Mia, you have to go to college. And so I was just like, I felt like no Mm -hmm. one was listening to me. And so I was burnt out. I was exhausted. And so my first year at GSU, really the first three years were just me being mad at the world that no one was Mm -hmm. hearing me. (laughs) Like I was so mad to be there. I took, I had college credits coming in. So I just would take one class for the first semester and I was mad to be in that one class because I'd have to get I didn't want to get out of bed I was I was exhausted I was mentally drained I was very depressed and I was like no one's listening to me no one cares how I'm feeling right now but I was just so like honestly KEC was me at the last minute being like I don't want my college to just be me hating life (laughs) so let me go and join a club let me like honestly my first three years genuinely my first three years of college I didn't stay on campus I didn't do anything I was just go to the library go to class have my one of my parents pick me up or my uncle pick me up I just didn't want to I didn't want to be there and I kept my parents were like well maybe you'll like it sophomore year maybe you'll like it like GSU was the only school that I wanted to go like that let me in because my SAT scores were terrible like I was horrible mm-hmm. at multiple choice tests. In my school, it was very mm-hmm. essay driven. So I could, I can BS an essay like back of my hand, like, oh yes, let me refer to this. Let me explain my point. And I, that was how I got through. Uh-huh. That's why I chose English. Cause like, give me a chance to explain myself, you know, but with like the SAT, it's just like, there's a right mm-hmm. answer and there's a wrong answer. And I didn't like, my brain couldn't right. compute that. Right. Like, are you telling me there's only one right answer <laughs> like I can't explain why I think it's this and you can give me credit for the explanation like so honestly I GSE was the only school that let me in besides I think Howard and mm-hmm. Spelman I think but they were way too expensive because one thing about HBCUs they're not going to give you the the in-state tuition the the all that stuff so 
but we still love our HBCUs. But <laughs> like GSU, I didn't I didn't pick that school because I wanted to go there. Did I love it at the end of it? Yes, because I like what I was exposed to. It's probably the most di- diverse school yeah. in mm-hmm. Georgia. So like I appreciated that, but I truly was like, like I wish I could have a do-over. Like I'm not gonna lie, I wish I could go back to like 18 year old me and be like take a gap year or go go join the peace corps or like go get medicated (laughs) like I want like that's what I wish I could have done to like tell me you don't have to immediately just go jump into college or go go figure go get help (laughs) you'll be okay like like, but it's just oh no no that's definitely like valid it's like nobody tells you like being in public school for 12 years and they're like yeah college let's go another four years and then maybe you want to get your it's like people schooling is long and now that i've like like i didn't even realize how much i didn't like to learn until i got to undergrad i was like learning sucks being in school sucks and then finding that i was enjoying learning content in grad school was an awakening i was like oh like me thinking about even the thought of getting another MA like I'm done I'll be graduating this semester with my first one but I'm like well I'm already halfway done with another one in another department so why don't I just finish that mm-hmm. and then like well if somebody's gonna pay for a PhD might as well do it like schooling is no longer like scary and you know like especially because terrifying time, anymore you know how to do it the first I had the same yeah. as the first time Tori no one you know, none of my parents, my parents didn't go to school here. They went to school in Ethiopia, especially my dad went to, he went to nursing school in Ethiopia. So not, nobody here knew the process of going to college and nobody tells you how to do it. So it's like, they were just as lost as I am, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm the one who was going to high school. Mm-hmm. I had the resources for somebody to tell me what to do. But even then your guidance counselor or whatever, whoever did it, has hundreds of students she has to help she can't help i mean like yeah i'm sure if i really asked for help she could have helped me individually but it's still like it's a terrifying idea originally when really no one tells you how to do it and i'm sure that now that you've gone through it a couple years that's probably why it's a little bit more enjoyable enjoyable to even apply to these places because now you know what to do yeah it's yeah, and also you're getting the chance to study things like, oh actually like, like yes. subjects you enjoy. Because like by the time you become a junior, you're just like, I'm over this shit. I've sat in these classes for two years doing absolutely nothing. And yeah, so by the time you get to... two years, it was just like... Like everybody in your first two years, you literally have to take stuff you've already taken basically in high school and just at a more advanced level. So yeah. like... Like Tori was saying, like the time you get to the junior year, you're over it. And then unless you really like your major, when you get to your major classes, you might be like, ugh, this again. But for me, I got lucky and I ended up liking my major. So my last two years are fun. But I wonder how it would be like for grad school for me. Yeah, I think it's very important what yeah. program you pick. Because my program directors are great people. Like yeah. they they really want to change education. They really want to teach educators how to think out of the box and how to make their cl- decolonized classrooms. Like we always talk about decolonizing the education system. So I never go into my master's program feeling like I'm othered 
or that I'm, you know, like a lot, there's a lot of black women who are in my master's program. Most of the professors are white, but a lot of them are black female educators who want to change. And then I have like a bunch of um, white counter educators that want to decolonize their minds. They're like, they've realized that they've grown up in um, communities where they've never been taught how to teach black kids and the prejudice that they might have against kids of color and being Spanish teachers on top of that. It's like, it's so like my program is great. If you want to, if you're looking for an education program, the Macy program at GSU is amazing and I highly suggest it. And they might be doing a PhD and I kind of want to get my PhD in Korean, but then I don't know. Well, that's another conversation for another time. But like, I guess it just depends on the people you meet and the time in your life. Cause like it's, schooling can be so difficult but like you need it like unfortunately you have to have schooling to get a decent job and most places depending on your field but i also think that if i wish school especially like college i wish that you could just do like a year of trade schools or like something where you get to where it doesn't feel like you're wasting your time like because i feel like for me taking a math class again after just like struggling my whole life with math oh was God, just like Nia, we are why the same person we're the same person i fucking i'm not good right? at math and i have to take a program <laughs> admissions assessment in math and reading and writing and i'm not really That's worried crazy. about that but i have to do the program admissions assessment and i'm probably going to spend two weeks after the, the semester's that- over studying math again to take a stupid math test See, the fact that math is, like, required when some people just don't have math brains. Like, I don't have, what numbers just don't commute. They, they don't, don't compute they in my just head. Truly like, don't. I have, like, y'all, when I leave a tip at a restaurant, I count on my fingers to add Same. up the numbers. <laughs> because that's oh how God. bad it is. Like, my, but the thing is, when I liked my, when, that's why GSU, when I got to my major, I did creative writing. That's why it was easier because writing, some people who had the literature side of English, they were writing papers, like analyzing books. And so it felt like a work for them. But for me, writing a 30 page story, I could get that done in a weekend and my portfolio didn't feel stressful. So like when you reach what you want to do or like something that's not pushing you to forcing you to do something like as much as I like science, physics, no, thank you. Chemistry, no, thank like, you. None like, of those. Um, like, it's like, no longer math when you start adding letters. Like, it's not math anymore. <laughs> exactly. When, when the problem starts at the top of the board and doesn't end until you get to the other <laughs> side of the board, it's too much. You're doing a like, lot. Here's the thing. It's crazy because we were in the English department almost at the same time. Like, I graduated a year, like, after you. I had a completely different experience mm-hmm. with the creative writing department. I had a breakdown after undergrad because I realized that I hated writing. I hated it. Even creative writing. It was a combination of having too many classes because nobody told me that I should be taking summer classes. So I don't have to take 12 classes a semester. Nobody tells you that nobody tells you that there is funding for you to still take classes in the summer. Like nobody explains that to you. So I was constantly taking 12 um, credit hour um, courses and still taking Korean courses because I didn't want to lose my Korean skills so I was taking courses that I really didn't need but uh, that was in the long run that was good because I got a fellowship from my first year of grad school but um but I was doing all of that and then having I was having too many deadlines writing felt like a task like I I used to 
just write and write and write mm-hmm. and I think about it and now it's a physical task for me and I'm slowly working on it not become a physical task like having a deadline having somebody critique my work and like constantly like even some of the professors that I had were just not good at my portfolio professor she was awful <laughs> she nobody liked her she would oh, just no. mark up your papers and reading and just tell you everything you did wrong she never complimented you she never said anything she liked about your story and I don't know if it was some kind of way for her to just be like well this is how the creative writing world is it's like you're not fostering creativity in this classroom <laughs> you're just being a critic right. and a bitch at this point <laughs> and so I had a right. complete breakdown because now when I sit in front of my computer to try to write creatively mm-hmm. I can't do it it's like it's it's everything's in my head i can write pages and pages of character development and world building but to put it all together it's a struggle for me and i'm i'm working on undoing that like Mm -hmm. i have to love how how to i have to learn how to love writing again and being a creative writing undergrad was not it (laughs) it's weird how like the program changed that much but i did remember that several of the people that i had left that semester I finished like one of my favorite professors I forgot her name but she went to work at Spelman right after I finished so it's like and I know another one left as well so it's like I know that people the people who were left (laughs) I don't know if they were that great so yeah that's not surprising yeah Yeah. Yeah. this episode went by fast we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes (laughs) we have did we even do the introduction no. Oh. no, we did it. <laughs> we did not. Hi, <laughs> welcome to the commented podcast where we talk about <laughs> whatever we want. I'm Tori, I'm Marin, and I'm Decoria. <laughs> yeah, so this has been the episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, these general episodes where we just kind of go off on a tangent are kind of our favorite because we really don't have to prepare anything. We could just talk, yeah. and we hope that you enjoy listening. <laughs> But yeah, it's we'll probably do these will also be like a monthly every other yeah monthly thing as we continue to try to release four episodes a week. But um yeah, make sure you're following us, commented on Twitter, on TikTok, and now on YouTube. We'll have our first YouTube video probably up um before this episode comes out. So make sure you're following us. We're gonna start doing highlights and I don't know. Some people upload their entire podcast episodes up on YouTube. I don't know if we wanna do that, but um we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see but until next time um what are we doing next did we decide what we were doing next i don't think so uh, yeah i don't think so <laughs> i don't think we have planned is pinocchio right and that's next month yeah that's next month if you haven't started listening to yeah. our deconstructing disney series i highly suggest it it's gonna be fun we're gonna be um going into depth on a bunch of disney animation movies and just picking them apart finding their roots and we're enjoying it because i feel like a lot of us are disney kids so that's nostalgia and a and a podcast so make sure you listen to those episodes um i don't know do we want to do like a movie next Maybe. I really want to do that new Korean space movie out on Netflix. Okay, okay that works. That. Too. Yep, that That's works. Cool. Um, and also, do, aren't we going to do WandaVision too? Once that, I don't know if it's only doing one yeah, season. Yeah, it's doing is one it? season. From what yeah. I've been hearing, like all the theory videos I'm watching, I'm watching, and like the last episode is going to be March fifth, because the week after or the week and a half after, that's when um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier starts airing. 
Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So some upcoming gotcha. episodes that you can look forward to will be another monthly music podcast. We'll be also be doing um, Attack on Titan once that ends, WandaVision once that ends, um, Space Sweepers is the Korean movie. We'll probably do another Chinese drama within the next uh, month and a half, and then we'll come wrap up March with a Pinocchio episode. So make sure you're subscribed to us or you follow us on Twitter because that's where um, we'll tweet out the episodes as soon as they're up. Uh, until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Erin. And I'm Decoria. I'm Mia. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.